How long did it take you to try peach tea? To try it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I told you so many times. Like, I remember we were at a New Year's Eve party, <laughs> and it, it wasn't even a party. It was like we invited, like, four friends over, <laughs> and um, two of our friends bought, brought peach tea from Publix. And I was like, bro, this is the best thing I've ever had. And I was like, mom, just try it. Just try it. And you were like, no, I don't want to try it. I don't like peach tea. And then I don't usually like peach flavor, which is why I probably didn't even want to try it. But <laughs> I was forced to try it because it was the only thing to drink when we went down to Cape Coral to help the mm -hmm. people down there. And somebody handed me one and I was so thirsty. So <laughs> Uh, that was the option, and I tried it, and so ever since then, I've bought it, and it's been in the refrigerator. <laughs> we have, like, four <laughs> cases of peach tea in our pantry right now. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about um, some things that God has put on my heart and um, my mom's heart. Um, just a couple things. Um, quicker podcast today, but um, some powerful points. So, yeah, Intro. All right, and so we are back with another episode, and I just want to read um this text real quick. Um, me and my mom, we wa we watched a sermon. Um, we talked a little bit about Stephen Furtick last podcast, and um, uh, today I was just. I, I just remembered this one sermon and I just really, really loved it. Um, I shared it with a couple people today and, um, and it was just really cool. It's called winded. It's called, and, um, I'm pretty sure it was for like, um, the people who serve at elevation. Every, yeah. He had a huge like gathering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like it was every campus and he had a really cool message and it's called winded. And it was pretty much talking about how, when you are worn down and like when you, are tired and when you just don't feel like doing it anymore mm -hmm. and so um it called a lot of people out and like it also gave a lot of people revelation of like even if you were tired it doesn't mean that god isn't working through your like weariness yeah and so i want to read the text um he he read in his sermon um it was all about when peter walked on the water with jesus we talked about this um a few episodes ago um but I just want to read this real quick. So um, Matthew 14, verses 26 through whenever I stop reading. Um, so in verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Verse 27, but, when Jesus, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter said, then Peter called him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus says. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he, when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Verse 32. Um, I just really, I've always loved this because like every time I read it, there's something new that God showed me and like the word of God is living and breathing and it's constantly going to give new revelation. But this, this section 
like this um these few verse, verses have just really just I've spoke on them and I've like referenced them a lot like it's something that has just been like something that I just keep going back to and keep reading and there's always something new that God's showing to me and so like I've always thought thought of this story and we, we always go to focus on like when Peter loses faith in Jesus and we're like well why if like he was literally right next to Jesus. like I I like what um Stephen Furtick said in his sermon he said that like if 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 Jesus reached out immediately and grabbed Peter mm-hmm. Peter was right in front of him yeah right there how close were how close was he to Jesus right. that Jesus could just reach out and grab him mm-hmm. it didn't say that angels came by and grabbed him no it just said that Jesus grabbed him it didn't say that he teleported or teleported or anything. It, he it was, was there. <laughs> yeah. He was there. And there wasn't any other um, form of like power in that moment except Jesus reaching out to grab Peter. Yeah. And it was all just, that was just an action, right? And so I love that. And um, we always go to think of that, but I want to focus on the storm part of this. And I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, this is the second time they were in a storm. And so they were in a storm in the boat, all of them were together. Um, and earlier in this chapter, it said that Jesus sent them on the boat as Jesus dismissed the crowd. Yeah. And so I um, was just reading that and I like it, but it reminds me of a story when um, I was younger. I don't know how old I was. I was, I was really young, um, but we were on a cruise ship and um, Disney cruise ship and um there was a hur- hurricane sandy if anyone knows what that is and um it really impacted um our business up in maryland um like it impacted a lot of things not just us on the cruise ship and so for us we were on the disney fantasy i think this was like the first year it was out um long time ago and hurricane sandy pops up we know it's there but like um we were already on the cruise ship like 5 days into it so we were like well we're the captain was like, well, we can't go back now because, like, it's unpredictable. And so we were kind of just sitting at the dock at Castaway Key, Disney's uh, private island, just kind of sitting there waiting it out. And um, all of a sudden, Hurricane Sandy switches directions, and it's going right at us. And so the Bohemian government, because that is still under Bohemian government, even though Disney owns that island, um, they were like, y'all got to go. Like, y'all can't stay here. And so we were like, well, got to leave now. So like um, they untie they untie the ship. I, lo- I love how I'm saying we decided like we weren't even in charge of this. But like we the boat leaves and um, we start pulling off. And then sure enough, we get stuck in Hurricane Sandy and like the side of the boats dipping into the water. Like the like, you know, the lifeboats that are on the side, they're going into the water. Like it was like really scary. And um, it was like it was crazy. But it's like I can relate to this story because of how much fear not just I had, not just you guys had, but everyone on the boat was just scared because, like, they didn't know what they were going into. We didn't have the technology we have now. Like, the storm was still, like, kind of new to everyone. So, like, we didn't really know what to expect. And it was just crazy, like, how much God protected us in that, but, like, also how bad that storm could have been and how bad it already was. You know what I mean? 
You know what's ironic about you even talking about Hurricane Sandy? Mm. What? Hurricane Sandy hit November 2nd, 10 years ago. It is about to be November 2nd in <laughs> 11 minutes. <Yeah. laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was a pretty scary night. And the story behind that was that there was not a hurricane when we left port. Or probably I would have never, ever left. And then um, it kind of just popped up and it turned into a major storm. And like Mason was referring to, um, technology wasn't what it is today, especially uh, like with weather forecasting and um, giving you like, you know. Predictions and stuff. Yeah. So while we were on the cruise, uh, we had no idea there was even a storm until the day uh, we were that, you know, we were at port and we found out that day that the storm was actually turning into a pretty decent sized hurricane. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was a little crazy. And um, the one thing that I remember is uh, that uh, you guys, there was bunk beds and, mm. and you guys were so excited about who was going to sleep on the top bunk. But yeah. we couldn't put you on that top bunk. There was no way that night that you guys could have slept on the top bunk. So you mm-hmm. both had to sleep on the bottom bunk. Yeah. You were a tiny little thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I remember dad got up in the middle of the night uh, or not in the middle of the night. <laughs> we didn't sleep, but uh, he got up. You guys are sleeping and he had socks on and the cabin had carpet. <laughs> and when mm. the the cruise ship, it's hard to visualize how much it was shifting from side to side with yeah. how rough the water was. But when his feet hit the carpet, he no longer had traction and he slid like he was on ice all the way from one <laughs> side of the cabin. Like, in the, and he just kind of like embraced the fact that he was sliding or he would have, you know, he would have fall. But anyway, um, yeah. And when we woke up, that next day, uh, I mean, the whole cruise ship, the dishes were destroyed and the, the like, you know, they have a couple, I don't know, probably like $10,000 cappuccino machines. They were just in pieces everywhere. I mean, it, there was a, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, and when the, my husband, Mark, uh, Mason's dad is also a captain. So the captain came on the intercom to talk about, you know, to give you know all of us kind of like an update and when he gets on the intercom and comes into the cabin and tells you you know gives you kind of an update and he sounds like he's petrified himself it's like not reassuring (laughs) that ain't a good good message man (laughs) but i mean while we were on this cruise ship the hell i mean coast guard was circling us in helicopters it was Mm -hmm. a real deal it was serious stuff it was like i like i was like almost like oblivious to what was happening we didn't let you guys know what was yeah, going on. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> I literally didn't know. And, like, I also didn't have, like, obviously, I was, how old do you think it was? Like, five or you something? Were t- it was ten years ago. Oh, yeah. So, I was. You were six. I, yeah, six. Yeah, because. You were no, celebrating I, I would have been. Six. No, because we were there in October, because we always win in October. So, I would have been five. It, we were out there. Hurricane Sandy hit November 2nd. Oh, yeah. You were celebrating your sixth birthday on that cruise ship. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I didn't have a phone. I like literally didn't know what was going on. Nothing. And so, and they weren't telling us for a good reason. They didn't want us to be scared because that only adds to the um, it's not gonna make fear. It's not going to make anything better. Um, but yeah, and it was, it was scary. Now, like just for me to think about it, like I didn't even realize what was happening. Yeah. But now that I realize, I'm like, bro, I was, I could have died right there, you know? 
and like it's like it was scary just to think about um but um just to kind of go to dive into it um talked about Matthew 14 and how we can relate to that and how um like I like how I like to put it like this and um I'm referencing Stephen Furtick's message because this is where the main motive of this idea came from um but he said that like I said he was an arm's reach away from Jesus but when he stepped out of the boat he obviously wasn't because if he he said he said um because they 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 were around Jesus for they weren't this wasn't like the first day they were around him they knew what he looked like they knew how tall he was how like how much he weighed like all the different stuff he knew what they they know what he wore all the time they knew exactly what he looked like but still they missed like like they didn't identify him correctly and they said it's a ghost at first and then it says but Jesus spoke to them at once in verse 27 don't be afraid take courage i'm here and then Peter says, if it's really you, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't identify Jesus, but he could put his faith in him. Yeah. And like, I, I think that's interesting. And um, I like how Jesus is just like, yeah, come on. He's just like, he doesn't even question um, Peter because he knew he had faith here. Yeah. He knew he had a focus here. He knew he he saw the he knew who Jesus was before that so he knew what he could do through the storm and so um I also want to point this out Peter stepped out of the boat before anyone like he, no one else stepped out of the boat yeah he was the only one he was like he said God or Jesus if it's really you call me out on the water walking to you and he did mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool he didn't say wait wait I gotta I gotta get I got to get Matthew to come with me. Yeah. He was just like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Got on the water, started walking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. And um, it goes, it kind of goes back to like when we were on that cruise and how we were like the only boat out there because we left and then the hurricane was identified like while we were yeah. on the cruise, like five days in or however long it was yeah. um, because Castaway Key was the last stop and we ha- we were the only boat out there and no one else was around us and we kind of just left and it was really scary and um so like i said we can really uh, we both can relate to this story a lot and um i think the purpose of a storm sometimes is to is just for us to realize that jesus is working through it no matter what yeah sometimes it isn't just for us to be scared or to just like be terrified that something's going to go wrong, Mm -hmm. but we can't always see it immediately, but we can see in the future that Jesus is going to work through it no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, um, the storm, it sometimes isn't something we always expect. Like we didn't expect, I mean, we were in hurricane season, so we might've expected it, but it wasn't necessarily on our, (laughs) on our radar. Yeah. It was, it wasn't necessarily on our radar. And because dad's a captain, he is, you know, like, that's one thing that he would definitely, we definitely always checked into to see, you know, what's, what's in the Caribbean to make sure before we leave that there's nothing there and yeah. there wasn't. Yeah. And the thing is the storm something is something we don't always expect. Sometimes it isn't always on our radar, which is a good way to put it. Isn't always on our radar, yeah. but it's sometimes the thing that develops us, develops us most deeply. Yeah. It's the thing that, that 
goes deep enough for us to realize where our heart is truly at. Catches you off guard. Because your focus in the middle of a storm determines where your heart is truly at. Yeah. We can see like, like Peter had a perspective on Jesus walking to him. But as soon as he got to him, he lost focus. Yeah. I wonder if that was a temptation straight from a temptation straight from Satan. Hmm. Because he was so close to like literally like Jesus could have carried Peter back to the boat. Right. He was so close and yet so far. Right. He was so close to being able to touch Jesus, but so far from his faith fully being in him. Yeah. And I think that's like so impactful for a new believer, an old believer, whatever, is that you can be so close to Jesus and yet so far from fully surrendering to him. Yeah. You can encounter Jesus and not fully trust in him. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Like you would think like the Roman guards who tortured and um who just tortured Jesus right before he gave his life, they were so close to Jesus and yet they still were they were like um, taunting him and making fun of him. Mm-hmm. They had an encounter with Jesus, not knowing who he was fully. Yeah. Or maybe knowing who he was fully, but not putting their faith and surrendering to him. Yeah. Um, the one thing about that winded uh, sermon that uh, I don't even know what it was. It wasn't really a sermon. It was kind of like a seminar that he was doing yeah. for the um, the volunteers of elevation and um the one impactful thing that i had no idea about Stephen Fertick was um when he was sharing uh he walked up to this gentleman in the audience and he introduced him like you know right on camera and yeah. it was his brother-in-law do you remember that part of the mm-hmm. sermon right at the end and he shared that his brother-in-law is the reason why Stephen Fertick is actually he gave his life to Christ because of his brother-in-law, because his brother-in-law stayed so persistent. And I didn't know this about about Stephen Furtick's personality, but he was so skeptical and didn't open up to the word and would not give his life to Christ for the longest period of time. And his brother-in-law is the reason why he actually gave his life to Christ, because he stayed on him so persistent and and a lot of, and like you were referring back to the different storms and, and having faith and trust. And that's where Stephen was talking about that during the, uh, you know, that that particular seminar that he was doing for the um, volunteers at church. But that was just really impactful that somebody like Stephen Furtick, you would never imagine that Stephen, he would ever be like skeptical, skeptical and reluctant to giving his, you know, his heart to Christ and it's just it's it's just amazing how how impact think of all the lives that he's impacted and changed and brought to Christ because his brother-in-law stayed so consistent on him you know yeah that's the one thing I just that that's that that if you guys could look that up on YouTube on Elevation's YouTube channel it's called Winded right that's what yeah it's, it's just called just look up it's Winded such a good Elevation one. It's Church so good yeah um, um, I shared that with a couple of people today, but, um, yeah. And like we talked about on a past podcast, how like it was in the intro <laughs> and we talked about the impact of like how I, if I like in a song when I'm like 
as like a worship leader, he goes like this to yeah. a song, to the beat of the song. Yeah. I, I like to call myself a mosh pit leader. <laughs> like the people in the mosh pit follow what I do. Like if I'm like, I, 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 like everyone does what I do. Yeah. And like, it's good to think about it like that where I could have, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm obviously not going to be the best leader. I'm obviously not the most educated and not the most, like, qualified to be a leader. But the thing is, even though I am not the best, I can still impact those with how I, like, dance in a mosh pit or, like, whatever. And, like, that's an easy way to think about it. But the leadership that you have on other people doesn't have to always be the most eloquent and perfect words to lead people to to Christ. Right. And you don't have to know the entire, um, we were talking about this, you don't have to know the entire Bible, you just have to know the truth of what you do know. Right. The value of knowing the Bible is is significant. Right. But knowing the truth is even more. Right. Yeah, that's that's the story of my life. I can, it's, it's funny because I've had people in my life, you know, they'll talk to me and, you know, like I've had many, many conversations with one this one, um, I don't know. He's like a family member. I can call him a family member. Um, but he had never gone to church before and we took him to church with us and, um, he's not really a family member, but he's super close to us anyway. Um, and when he left church and came back and we were like, so what did you think? And he was just like, it literally just sounded just like you talking, Miss Tammy. Like, <laughs> like I literally, when I was listening to the pastor talking, like it sounded like the things that you were saying. And and that I took as a compliment because I, I really do appreciate him saying that to me. And, and I never, ever, I guess, thought about it myself. But like Mason is excellent about, you know, remembering Bible verses, remembering stories, remembering where, you know, what stories and what, sh- you know, all the whole you're so excellent at remembering your memorization is amazing compared to mine. But, um, so like it with me, it's, it's, I can, I can talk about like, I just, I really am not really great about, you know, the whole memorization of Bible verses and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, or, but I walk the walk and talk the talk, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like it's, it it was, I don't know, that's kind of like, I guess there's two different ways that, I don't know. I'm really valuable. trying harder to be better at <laughs> memorizing Bible verses though and where stuff is. Yeah. I'm trying. The value of knowing where it's at isn't always equivalent to knowing what it means. Yeah. Like I can know exactly where Lamentations three twenty two is. Yeah. And know exactly what it says. But if I don't let it transform me into a new person, yeah. like Romans twelve talks about. Right. I'm only fooling myself. Right. This is I. You were just talking about this. I just I just said something in James too. If you are only listening to the word of God and not applying it to your life, you're only fooling yourself. Right. So like I I just like I'll have you know I be, because what we do for a living in Maryland like we have like fifteen like I guess they're probably like seventeen to we'll say I don't know probably up to twenty five years old and. I try to be such a positive influence on each and every single one of them as much as I can be without jamming, you know, because they're not Christian. Some of them are not Christian. Some of them never been to church before. You know, you you don't know that we're hiring these kids to work for us at our marina. 
And, you know, I've always just tried to just be the positive influence on them. And Mason will just be like, well, you know, you just said this and this is what, you you know, this was the advice you gave them. And this is where it's at in the Bible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just I I know it's just something natural for me to do. I know how to advise you to do certain things, but I don't know exactly where it's at in the Bible. It's you Mm -hmm. don't have to. It's yeah. Yeah. Knowing knowing. We keep, I, I keep saying it, but like knowing the truth of the Bible is more valuable than knowing right. the numbers and like right. the verses and the yeah. the uh, concordance and the Greek yeah. concordance of everything. Like, yeah, yeah. That isn't the most valuable thing. If God has revealed to you the truth about whatever verse that you know, yeah, that is very valuable. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I, I think that's really cool just to, um, to encourage someone. You don't have to be the most knowledgeable person to lead someone to Christ. No. You don't have to. No. Like you can see the people that surrounded Jesus. He there's a lot of disciples, but there's twelve that are fully documented and there's a we can see a lot about them. Um he all all of these people weren't they weren't the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. They weren't the what we call pastors today. They are. They weren't the perfect people. Yeah. They were the same people that we judge for going into church. The same people that people judge people that people judge when they walk into church. Why are Why are they dressed like that? Why do they talk like that? Yeah. Why do they think like that? And it's maybe because Jesus is working within their life, and we can't judge him for that. And the people we can see, like the people who wrote. It's God's word, but the people who wrote down the words God gave them were not the perfect people. Yeah. In the gospel, anyway, they weren't the perfect people. And I, I just, I just love that part to think about where you don't have to be the perfect and the smartest and the most knowledgeable person to have an impact on the people around you. Yeah. But um, I thought this was funny too. So today in um school. I do I do online. I don't go to public school um because I I just like doing online. It, I can I have more free time. Um but anyway, I was I was doing science, right? And there was an assignment. You were doing what? Science. Oh, science. science. I thought you said signs. Oh no, science. Sorry. I'm homeschool guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um I was doing um science and I go into like it's an essay um assignment. And it's like, I'm like, what is this? Like, I, um, and I click on it and it's about peanuts. I'm like, why do I need to write an essay on peanuts? <laughs> and so it, it's like, all right, so we're going to have you, you pull out a hundred peanuts. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to count a hundred peanuts, but I have about a hundred peanuts on a paper plate. So I'm, <laughs> I pick up one peanut and it's telling me, okay, you're going to pick up one peanut, completely examine it and then put it back down in the plate, mix the plate around yeah. And try to find it. And then before you do that, before you mix it around, before you throw it back down and mix it around, um, like write a hypothesis. So my hypothesis was um, if I make careful observations of a peanut, I will be able to identify the peanut at a later time. <laughs> but like, and then it gave you like other options, but like that was the one that resonated with me, I guess, the one that made sense. <laughs> you were really annoyed that you had to write about I know. peanuts. <laughs> but but this made sense. And and now I'm yeah. on a and now I'm doing a podcast on it. Um <laughs> but 
it the it ask you a question and I guess this was the whole point of it. I don't know if this was, but it's what I wrote on. This is my essay. Yeah. You can read it later. <laughs> um, I have to read it later. <laughs> you have to grade it. I have to um, grade it. <laughs> but I said, um, like I said, my uh, my hypothesis, which I guess was true because I found the peanut. Um, you if, did find it? <laughs> That's funny. If I make careful observations of a peanut, I will be able to identify the peanut at a later time. And I said, this is true in our world because because the question was how is this true in our in the real world outside of peanuts uh-huh. um <laughs> i said this is true in our world because we often search for things that w- want what I-, I have a typo in my thing don't grade me on that uh- <laughs> <laughs> um we often search for things that won't improve our mentality and outlook on life if you can't find something positive, it might just because it might just be because you aren't looking for it. Similar to how in hypothesis three, the one I chose, <laughs> it said it is possible to overlook the peanut you picked out. We oftentimes overlook what we should be searching for. Your mentality is fully reliant on your focus. So I learned I, I guess God speaks through peanuts, man. That's um. Right. But I thought it was really cool, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. And um, I referenced uh, or how Peter had a focus that was on Jesus in the storm until he was so close. And it, I, we hypothesized. Mm-hmm. We, um, we have the idea that it was a temptation from Satan in that moment. But I want to pull up this verse real quick. Um, it's Philippians 4, I believe. Yeah, I referenced this in, in a few episodes back but i want to say this again and now dear brothers and sisters this is philippians 4 8 one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me everything you have heard from me and saw me doing then the peace of god will be with you paul puts it very clear think on these things think about what is true and right and honorable and admirable and the other things that it said in order for us to have a mentality that is true on that is focused on God and that is full of peace and full of like all of the fruits of the spirit because all of those things follow after our focus is on Jesus and after we get filled yeah but um yeah I think um that's all we have today. Like I said at the beginning, this is just a short podcast. Um, just something that God spoke in the shower to me. <laughs> God hashtag God speaks in the shower. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for joining us for whenever this goes up. We'll see you next Monday at eight AM. See y'all. <laughs>